0: I can't do it, we'll do it live, we'll do it live,
1: fuck it, do it live, I'll write it and we'll do it live, fucking thing sucks, in five, four, three.
0: Anyone claiming that America's economy is in decline is peddling fiction. I've abandoned free market principles to
2: save the free market system.
1: But we have to pass the bill so that you can uh, find out what is in it.
0: Raising the debt ceilings does not increase our debt, it does not somehow promote profligacy.
1: I know words, I have the best words. Nobody knows the system better than me, which is why I
0: alone can fix it.
2: What's going on, everybody? Happy Friday. And because it is Friday, you know what that means. We are live. He is Justin Hillbilly Boy Campbell. I am the voice and soul of so-called fiction, Johnny Profita. We are peddling fiction. What's up, man?
1: Oh, not much. Been a, it's been a week, but here we are. It's Friday. We made it.
2: The weeks seem to be going by faster. I, I don't know. Usually this time of year, I guess, kind of speeds up a little bit when you get near the holidays. But, uh, man, time is just flying. I, I, I don't know what happened to October it was like i blinked and it was gone
1: yeah october did did seem to just breeze through uh i th- see i thought it maybe it was just because i've been busy cuz i've had a lot going on all month and basically just running around like a chicken with my head cut off between the the kids and trying to get moved out into my uh into my new space and and everything else i just thought it was me but uh, it's nice to hear that yeah. it, it was not
2: no, I haven't been particularly more busy this month than other months, and it's just yeah, time flies. I guess when you're having fun. I mean, it's been what uh, twenty days since the uh, Hamas attack on Israel. Has it really? Wow. Yeah,
1: three weeks basically. Well, I mean, at least World War, War World War Three hasn't started yet. Uh, maybe next week, but not not today.
2: Yeah, the U.S. keeps getting them to hold off. Although I think they finally pushed into Gaza, even though they won't really admit that it's a an invasion. <laughs> they said they were—I I forget the way they phrased it in some of these news articles, but it was like, yeah, they they moved into Gaza to like lay the groundwork for an offensive or something like that. It's like, I think you you rolled in there with some fucking tanks. That's that's an invasion.
1: <laughs> but like, if the police put on their riot gear. And storm the prison is that technically an invasion because that's sort of what this is <laughs> That's a good point uh, they're just the
2: peacekeepers
1: <laughs> yeah yeah
2: well, there's a lot of uh, a lot of fun stuff we have planned for this Friday episode. I don't know if you kept track of everything that I was sending you because I, I have I sent you a lot of, of shit. I apologize for that, but there's just so so many goofy things going on this week.
1: Uh, so we had, we had kind of teased, um, the new speaker of the house or the fact that there was not a new speaker of the house on Tuesday or mm-hmm. Wednesday. And then not long after we wrapped, then they, they got one, uh, they put Mike Johnson in who up until he was named speaker of the house had been good on pretty much everything except for Israel. And you know, like you're a politician, you don't have a choice but to be bad on is or not bad on Israel, like I guess you have to support Israel, otherwise, they will literally lock your bank account. Look what they did to Kanye West! So, like, you know, that part was understandable. And then, within a couple days of him, actually, I think it was literally 24 hours later after he goes in or is named Speaker of the House, uh, Speaker of the House. Now, his uh his views on or his his opinions on Ukraine have been evolving and and now he's more he's more ready to support I love Ukraine.
2: it when politicians evolve. That's my favorite.
1: That's, I wish
2: they would evolve right back into extinction, personally, but right. <laughs> I guess that's not exactly how it works.
1: It's old boss same as the new boss, apparently, or new boss same as the old boss. <laughs>
2: Yeah, so I mean, I saw that he, yeah, he finally did get the nod to be speaker. I still haven't really seen much out of him. I haven't really been paying that much attention. Um, I saw some comments he made uh, regarding the shooting in Maine. I don't know if we should talk about that today. There's been a lot of retardedness floating around the internet because of that.
1: What was it? what were his comments
2: on that? I didn't I didn't see that. Uh, I was. I mean, they weren't terrible. It was just like. He, he basically said, you know, it's not the it's not the guns that are doing this. There's something else going on because, you know, in other countries and other places and even other places in America, if they don't have guns, they just run people over in cars, which is like, all right. Yeah, it's I don't really like that argument, but there's some merit to it. But then, of course, you get the people coming. Oh, it's like, OK, so we should regulate guns like cars and licenses and insurance and all this other stuff. It's like that. Nah. You guys are both missing the fucking point. (laughs) You're both missing the point. Um, so I don't yeah, I mean, David Hogg has been all over my fucking Twitter feed. I thought I muted him, but maybe I un I by commenting on it, I unmuted it somehow. Or I would almost I was joking around, like I will I'm considering giving up my AR fifteen if it means that I never have to hear from David Hogg again. If he disappears forever from the public eye, um, I will give up one of my guns.
1: (laughs) I think it's interesting, the timing of this, because people haven't been as pro-Israel, pro-war, as I think they they. The, the politicians and, and the people who are pulling the strings thought that they would be kind of like when, uh, remember when I don't know a month and a half ago or so they tried to ramp up COVID again and it fell flat on its face. Like within a week, the, the entire narrative was gone because basically everybody just said, no, shut up. Fuck you. We're not doing this again. It feels like they've been trying to really hammer the, we have to support Israel thing. And it hasn't picked up the support that they wanted it to. So now we've got to now we've got to have a shooting. We got to go. And this dude had, as is always the case, say the been, line, Bart. Say has, the line, right? He's recently been in FBI custody. They knew about him. He was on their radar. The radar. They, it is. I mean, this is they some they good radar him. they
2: got. If only they fucking paid attention to it.
1: They have had him in custody and determined that he was a legitimate threat and then let him go anyway. Within the last, I think it was within the last eight months, usually there's a six to 10 month window where the shooter is in custody. The shooter is released from custody. The shooter then has their manifesto and all kinds of crazy posts online. And then they go on a rampage. Here we are. I mean, it's, It's fucking formulaic. It's like, I understand. I I thought there's like, I thought the writer strike ended. Like, can't they get better, better writers to, to come up with the narratives? Like like, it does.
2: Yeah. It does just feel like a, like you said, a formulated psyop, like just like they do with the cancellations. Right. It's like, Oh, you're, you're speaking against the, um, the approved narrative. So we're going to, we're going to cancel you. And if that doesn't work, then we're going to accuse you of uh, rape or like molestation or something. And if that doesn't work, then we're going to fucking try to put you in prison. And if that doesn't work, then we're going to kill you. And that's pretty much the, the way things go. And yeah, it's just, it's so goddamn ridiculous that it, it's always, yeah, he was on our radar. Well, okay. Okay. Um, I want, what I want somebody to do, somebody out there should do this. There should be like a spreadsheet with all these things that, um, these mass shooters have in common, like they're, uh, male, male, female, whatever. If we can actually, um, assume genders, we can on my spreadsheet. So, and then age, and then it's like, was he on some sort of medication was he? <laughs> was he an FBI custody? Like, did he have this? Did he have this? And I, and I want each each time there's a shooting, you check off some of these boxes, whichever ones apply, and then we can figure out like what the percentage of these shooters have X in common, have Y in common, because they all have guns. Uh, we have the exact, pretty much the exact same amount of gun ownership in the U.S. as we've always had. Um, we have more regulation on the guns than ever uh i mean maybe not with an assault weapons ban for like a few years in the 90s or something like that but this shit did not exist before like the mid 80s and somebody actually i sent you a somebody put a chart up and they like they of course they look at this and they're like look the assault weapons ban did it all and i would uh i would put forth that like why does this chart only start in like 1983 or whatever that year is 1982 okay um, is that when we started the participation trophy generation of raising kids with uh, trying to take away everything scary, trying to make take away all the pressure, telling them to you know uh, nothing's their fault, no self responsibility, no nothing. I mean, let, let's rewind this chart. Show me what it looked like before 1982. Because we didn't have an assault weapons ban back then either, did we? Did we have an assault weapons ban in the fifties and sixties? I, I don't think so. Maybe I'm wrong on that. We had assault weapons in the in the sixties, for sure.
1: Does it go back before nineteen eighty-two? No. So no, it's like it my generation. Oh, later, sorry, I was I was looking at this. There's a context added to the to the chart that this person shows that. Uh, the the data that they use or the metric that they use for what qualifies as mass shooting got changed in 2013 for the of graph. Course. So so naturally everything explodes from that point forward. Like you can blame it on you can blame it on uh, ending a national assault weapons ban, or you can really like literally look right here on the chart in 2013 where they. Changed the definition of a mass shooting and then it explodes like wow amazing right
2: <clears throat> yeah of course but even if we put that aside go back before 1982 and none of this shit existed the guns were still here mental illness was still here something else changed a few things changed but one thing that's been you know this this huge offensive against the American people is the way you're raising your kids men in particular toxic masculinity how, oh how many of these shooters had a, a male how many have them a male figure in the house how many of them
1: their father was around how about that right because by the time you hit the 1980s you're roughly 15 years removed from the civil rights movement um about what 10 years or so removed from maybe not that much, but uh, within a 10 year range removed from the department of education being developed or being created. Like you've got all of these things that happen and then, and then and as then those, those things happen, kids. yeah. And you can go back and, and you can go back and look like post civil rights movement. um, And, and around the time of the creation of the department of education and people are having a, having a bunch of kids and society really takes a massive shift and you start seeing a lot more divorce. You start seeing a lot fewer fathers in the home. You start seeing a lot more of two parents working and, you know, the, that's when you've got the, the gen X generation coming up and, you know, the latchkey kid thing. And, and these kids are not receiving any, any kind of discipline people. That's, that's kind of when we started really hitting the cycle of, you know, working yourself to death with the whole nine-to-five grind, which we can talk about that that girl and her videos and stuff on the nine-to-five thing. But, like, that's when you really start... Also, what structure.
2: happened in the 70s, we went off the gold standard, making so, it
1: almost impossible for one fucking earner to provide for the entire family. So there's a lot of things that happen socially leading up to that point. And then, like, then you start seeing things start to pop up as... And, I mean, I'm sure... I'm sure mental illness and stuff like that probably started really cropping up around that time. Uh, um, you know, and they probably weren't thinking about it or looking at it in that exact perspective. But you know, uh, being removed from a traditional household setting that is that brings stability, and being thrust into this new, you know, chaotic world, uh, that 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 can be that can be damaging for kids and so then you know as they're getting older they're they're carrying a lot of that shit with them and here we are like yeah. you know and didn't uh wasn't was it RF
2: RFK talking about the the vaccine in the vaccines in the
1: 80s yeah and the early 80s was when all of the vaccine schedule got put in place so you know now we've got all the kids born from that point forward are having to get vaccinated for all of this stuff, or you can you can find doctors who will allow you to opt out of doing all of those vaccinations and stuff. But a lot of places, uh, if they find out that those doctors exist, they'll strip them of their medical licenses. And he was, and
2: correct me if I'm wrong, but he was tying it to some of these mental development issues that kids are having.
1: Yeah, uh, you you start if you look at charts and graphs and stuff like that, and from like the the health fields, if you go back to the 80s when the vaccine schedule came into place, you can see autism, ADHD, all kinds of other, not just, and not just mental disorders, but also physical disorders that start to go through the roof from the time the vaccine schedule is introduced forward. Like this shit was an, an, a non-issue for decades. And then the vaccine schedule goes into place. And now all of a sudden you have all of these things start to happen. So
2: yeah. And then how do we deal with that? Oh, we'll take a pill for it and talk and, and you know, um, succumb to all of your feelings, you know, and that's it drives me crazy that they consider this like, a, you know, you'll hear people say that this is toxic masculinity when somebody goes and, and does something violent. And it's like, I don't I don't really think that is masculine. Ma- masculinity, a big part of it is fucking controlling your emotions not just being like oh well i'm upset so i'm just gonna throw a fucking tantrum and shoot a bunch of people no that's not masculine that's what they're trying to get fucking
1: real men to do now well and when you look at this guy he's got some real mk ultra vibes he's been in the military um for some time and has talked about uh hearing voices and seeing things and and he's like he's legitimately messed up in the head and Like the military hasn't discharged him, they haven't done anything. Like they've just keep him, they just keep him around. Uh, There's there's a lot of weird stuff around this whole this whole situation. I guess the only thing really different about this one is uh, this guy's still on the run, or at least he is as of uh, before I took a nap this morning. Um, So yeah,
2: I did see something else just popped up in my feed about him uh, losing his uh, a good amount of his hearing. So he was starting to go deaf. I don't exactly know why, but there was like some deaf like cornhole tournament or something that all these people were playing in and that's who was at the bar. And he he, like, and part of the reason like he was going fucking crazy, but because he couldn't hear things, he kept thinking people were talking about him (laughs) and he was hearing these voices. I don't know, man, but yeah, uh, clearly um, not the stable genius and, uh, you know, had some mental issues. Sounds like, but yeah, it was just let's just take the most retarded view of this. Just big like, up, oh, it's the guns. Enough is enough. Joe Biden says, let's. It's time to uh, ban assault weapons. I, I mean, I can't think of a dumber fucking take than that. It's, it's just so fucking juvenile, so goddamn juvenile. A, a million, like we just ran through in like ten minutes. I don't know, 10 different fucking potential major issues that could be contributing to this. The one constant thing the entire time has been guns. They've always been here. And even if they haven't, there's hundreds of millions of them here now. So it doesn't even, like, there's no point about talking about it. You're never going to get rid of all the guns. You can't uh, fucking put that genie uh, back in the bottle. That toothpaste is out of the tube so uh next topic please or yeah let's start talking about maybe some some reasons why all of a sudden this is happening now when guns have been here the entire time you cannot start blaming anomalies on fucking constant things that have always been here it's the same shit that they did in the 2008 financial crisis oh greed ran amok what people people are always greedy what allowed it to run amok <laughs> like the guns have always been here they've always been fucking deadly yet all of a sudden these fucking people are shooting you know innocent civilians and and kids in schools and things like that that would have never fucking happened 50 60 years ago it just wouldn't
1: and it didn't well and that, like changed. as has been the case with pretty much every other shooter of Of the last, I don't know, three years or so, at least the last couple. um, There's a lot of questions around this guy, and I would be willing to bet that none of them will get answered. Like the Uvalde shooter, who was like, who did he send his receipts to when he bought his guns? Remember, they had the whole like he had sent he had sent the after he bought the guns, he sent pictures of the receipts to somebody. And then they also had that he was he was like giving play by play uh, on the day of the shooting to somebody over Facebook Messenger. And then all of that just disappears. Uh, you've got the the Covenant school shooter and her manifesto, and that's never been released, never been talked about. Just gets brushed under the rug. And this guy, you know, all of his mental illness and, and background, his background with the military, everything else. Like, what's going on with all? What's going on with all of that? And, and none of that's going to ever get answered. I, I guarantee you, when they find this guy. He's he's not going to survive like they're not they're not bringing him in alive. There's no fucking way.
2: Seems very unlikely. There was uh, <laughs> I think there's one more like retarded. I don't know if I actually sent this to you. The um, this might be even more of a retarded uh, take. The, perhaps the most retarded take I heard on this one was the the, the he was the good guy with the gun up until he started shooting everybody so apparently this destroys the the only the only thing you can do to combat these fucking crazy people with guns is to have a good guy with a gun right there well this guy was like a gun instructor and in the army reserve so there goes your good guy with a gun theory he was supposed to be the good guy with a gun (laughs) just like dude by definition the good guy with the gun is not the one shooting people for no reason or uh, yeah, for that, some fucking delusional reason.
1: That is uh, pretty fucking stupid.
2: I, I didn't think that we could reach that level of stupidity with this, but here we are. And then I saw, I ah, um, uh, shit, what's his name? Oh, Thomas, Massey, Thomas Massey tweeted, he's like, make America smart again. <laughs> and I tweeted back, I was like, dude, we have a better chance of paying off the national debt than that right? happening. I mean well, they are um, both lost causes, but
1: well and then you've got all these David Hogg posts talking about um, Yeah, pull up some of these fucking things. God damn it. Let's see. What's that one say? People who take money from the gun lobby should have as much say on what to do about gun violence as people who take money who take money, big tobacco, to say one uh, to say one public health policy. Okay. Zero.
2: And, and uh, how does David Hogg make a living? Is it doing the exact same thing, but in the opposite direction? Right. Is your entire existence based off of fucking school shootings and
1: anti-gun legislation? Right. And it's like, okay, that's fair. Then that also means that none of these politicians should be able to have any pharmaceutical holdings or like, you know, they shouldn't be yeah. allowed. To, they shouldn't be allowed to be invested in any of the things they could pot- potentially be making yeah. policy on. Like, go and ahead he seems and to
2: have a, a pretty strong vested interest in anti gun policies. So, why are we listening to him?
1: Right. All the climate change, all the ones who are pushing climate change are also heavily invested in all of the industries that are going to be the most benefit or they're going to benefit the most from uh, pushing all of those policies. Like, maybe it, it's fine. I I don't disagree with you. No, I, I, I amongst, agree. I just, yeah, the
2: level yeah. of hypocrisy there is, is pretty staggering. And just, uh, <laughs> I don't know, just being unaware. I, I, I wish, you know what needs to happen to David Hogg? He needs to get Zolinskied. Like, what happened to like some of the kids that were at the last school shooting? Can't they fucking overtake him? And then he just gets pushed back to the side. He's yesterday's fucking news. He's yesterday's bitch. At least, the, like, can we just fucking cycle through each time there's a new shooting? Can we get somebody else that was there to pick up the torch?
1: Well, they've got their tried and true crisis actors, and and they don't want new ones. Uh, I'm I'm waiting for, I'm waiting for a picture to surface of one of the victims from this shooting, as that's going to match up with a victim from uh, three of the last school shootings. You know, like. <laughs> Or or happens. where where are Remember when the Covenant school shooting happened and there was that there was that chick that just just so happened to be there like right down the road who was also one of the survivors of Parkland or one of the others it's like how are these That's motherfuckers true. always around when it happens like that what, does sound familiar I'm, I'm just waiting yeah. I'm just waiting for one of these one of these motherfuckers to crop up and like oh yeah it was such a tragedy And I was there at Parkland, too. It's like, oh, imagine that.
2: (laughs) Yeah, the memes of David Hogg running, (laughs) like running to the fucking Internet to start tweeting because there was another shooting. Like, I honestly think he gets an erection when this happens.
1: Uh, it, it makes they him seem, relevant again. He he yeah. falls into irrelevance until there's another school shooting. Yeah. And speaking of running, did you see there was some guy, uh, I was talking to, to Tommy Sammons of Year Zero about this. Um, there was some guy that they interviewed that talks about how he ran away and just, like, basically abandoned his kids to go hide from this shooter. Like, that's another problem. That Like, if somebody tried something like that, around here, like, you're going to be lucky if you get more than one shot off. Like, you're going to if you don't get shot yourself, you're going to be on the ground getting the ever loving shit beat out of you. Like people are going to mass swarm you and instead of running and hiding and being bitches. Like that's uh, what, what, what happened to the, the masculine protector male who, when danger presents, that's itself, toxic, Justin.
0: Yeah. That's I'm,
2: toxic masculinity. I will haven't you have you learned nothing
1: I will happily be toxic
2: Yeah if that's what it means <laughs> and everybody's looking for that toxic masculine guy uh whenever fucking shit hits the fan but they've been uh slowly methodically grinding that out of society and look what we're left with a bunch of fucking pussies a bunch of emotional like uncontrollably emotional pussies who were subject to the whim of men like they still have the violent tendencies and they have no masculine ability to control them none and so yeah they, they lash out and they and they also suck at life which is why they're so unhappy to begin with this is more the younger school shooters that fucking suck at life and they have no idea how to deal with failure and they
1: have no idea how to fucking control that and so they throw a tantrum See, this is a good spot to plug. Uh, I do have a, a live stream coming up in the next couple weeks. Uh, my good friend Mark Metz is going to be joining me again, and we're going to talk about Bronze Age Mindset, a uh, book by Bronze Age Pervert, and it's um, it talks a lot about masculinity and the, the times in human history where men have been legitimately men and then what has happened societally to turn us into, by and large, a bunch of... Uh, domesticated pussies like it's uh we're yeah. so we'll be digging into that here sometime in the next couple of weeks
2: um and, and like and this whole parenting thing about protecting them from failure and and things like like no they you have to go through failure you have to learn how to deal with that like bad things are going to happen to you in your life you can't keep fucking playing patty cake with them until they're 18 and then turn them loose on the world that's
1: your fucking fault as a parent it's
0: this for you know, process- all these other
1: Go ahead. It, it's this crisis of the of the longhouse and the den mother and the over the over protectionist, protectionist the you know safety before freedom. Uh, yeah. We we have completely neutered not just an entire generation. I mean we're going on multiple generations that have been neutered into this state of uh, soft living. Yeah, neutered into it and then uh, propagandized to
2: think that it's bad to be something different to to do it the old way. You know, it's not progressive. All these other fucking civilizations, you know, they always used to have like a rite of passage that men used to have to go through, you know, or they love to talk about fucking native Americans. Well, didn't they have to just go out into like the fucking middle of nowhere and survive for like three weeks or something to become a man. They had to go do fucking manly shit and you couldn't come back if you fucking failed. You had to go fucking do it. You had to go live out in the wilderness to become a man. You don't just get to fucking, uh, you know, live in this little bubble wrapped world until you're a fucking grown man, capable of violence, but no uh, wherewithal, no ability to control your emotions, and then turn you loose on the world after they pump every time something remotely difficult happens, they pump you full of fucking drugs, mind altering drugs. What the fuck did you think was going to happen? Oh, but it's the guns. Get the fuck out of here, man. Get out of here. When we had real men, we still had guns and we did not have this type of behavior. What? Anyway, this is supposed to be a fun episode. <laughs> it's Friday, man.
1: What well, we usually we don't have uh, mass shootings that happen before. Uh a Friday episode. Yeah. And this guy think about ruining our fucking weekends. <laughs> <laughs> uh well, uh, we did mention the uh the 9 to 5 grind and and what that has done to people. We want to want to hear yeah, the
2: this is a very interesting
1: the tragedy of, of the grind
2: for layers to this. Yeah.
0: I know I'm probably just being so dramatic and annoying, but this is my first job, like my first 9 to 5 job. <laughs> yeah.
1: Before she gets going too far. I how she started.
2: She nailed it right off the bat.
1: It's, yeah. Like that was my first thought. As soon as I saw her, I was like, Oh God, this bitch is going to be annoying. So like, you just see it in her face. Anyway, we'll let her continue. At least she's aware of it.
0: To college and I'm in person and I'm commuting in the city and it takes me fucking forever to get there there's no way I'm gonna be able to afford living in the city right now so that's off the table like fucking duh if I was able to walk to work and it, it'd be fine but I'm not so it literally takes me like I leave here like I get on the train at 7 30 and I don't get home till like 6 15 earliest and then like I don't have time to do anything I don't I want to shower like people that drive to the office like it doesn't you don't get off at five and i know it could be worse i know i could be working longer but like i literally get off it's pitch black like i don't have energy how do you have friends like how do you have time to like meet like a guy i don't know like how do you have time for like dating like i don't have time for anything and i'm like so stressed out and i'm also getting my period so that's why i'm all emotional but like am i so dramatic it's fine
2: yeah okay so there is a part two to this that we'll get into, but part one leaves a lot to, to deal with. First of all, I am sympathetic to her plight. Um, but I did do it for 15 fucking years, and I never cried about it. I complained I, like a man, but I never cried.
1: I am sympathetic to her commute. I drive uh, it's about an hour and ten minutes one way every day, but I, I, I my uh kind of my approach to a lot of things in life for a while has been like if this is your situation then you figure out how to make the best of your situation like that's I, the, like i get it the the hour commute sucks but at the same time for me that hour drive like to work that's time that i have to number one to listen to a podcast or listen to an audiobook or something like that something that's actually like stimulating my mind but also that's my time to uh, to just kind of like zone in and get ready that I'm about to be at work. Now I'm focused on this is what I got to do. And then when I get off, I've got that hour plus back home that I have time to decompress, to unwind. And by the time I get home, I'm done with everything. No, none of the stress or the chaos of work is on my mind anymore. I am home and I'm ready to take a shower and go to bed or get on here and talk to my friends. And like, you know, that's that's the thing is, You have to develop routines. You have to develop a a habitual thing that you do every day. Like like my schedule on the days that I work is pretty concrete. It's I'm going to I get home at about 715 by 10 o'clock. I'm in bed. I'm going to spend some time working out, go for a run. Do a podcast or record some stuff, like read things, do things that engage my mind and stimulate my, you know, stimulate me to to interact with other people. And then I'm gonna take shower and go to bed. And then I'm gonna get up about two thirty, three o'clock in the afternoon, and gonna work, you know, clean up and do stuff around the house, maybe cook a little bit, and and read some more stuff. Like you know, you you have to develop routines, and I think that's a problem with this younger generation is they don't have the discipline. You know, like we were talking about. Earlier with the you know the kids and and the way their you know parents have have handled them and stuff like that, not knowing how to deal with things, uh, they don't they don't have the discipline or the structure to put together good routines and just do things that like it, you know she says she has to leave at seven thirty, and when do you have time to work out? Get up at five thirty, go to the gym, <laughs> yeah. yeah, like so,
2: yeah. I mean that that's definitely part of it. Like you said, like she has a bad mindset about this. It's like, okay, I have an hour. Commu- I get the impression she wasn't driving. Like I don't think she has a car, especially no, if she's just starting you. to work. So she's like on a train or on the bus or something. So it's even easier to accomplish things during that hour. Uh, do something productive. Uh, that's So she, she basically pointed out that she has two hours of her day where she's kind of stuck in one place where she could – Instead of sitting there, she's probably on fucking TikTok or something. Instead of uh, She could do something productive. And then she's like, well, then I don't have the energy when I get home. And I don't have the energy for this. I don't have the energy for that. Well, then this can't bother you that much. It can't be that bad. If it's not motivating you to fucking change your situation, then I don't know what to tell you. Because there are a lot of people that somehow find the energy to do it. And they have kids and shit. Like... How did you become successful? It wasn't during the nine to five. It was like from 10 p.m. to 2 a.m. I found the energy after I put my fucking kids to bed to,
1: to do a fucking thing on the side.
2: And I would be. Skill.
1: I would be willing to bet good money that a large part of the reason why she doesn't have any energy is she probably doesn't work out or exercise in any way. She probably has a trash diet. I'm sure she she doesn't doesn't get enough sleep. She she probably spends way too much of her downtime when she's not at work, uh, staring at screens and, you know, doing TikTok videos and dumb bullshit instead of actually doing things that are stimulating to the mind and productive for the body. Like, yeah, obviously if you, if your diet is shit, your rest, your sleep schedule is shit. I, I'm, I'm not one to talk about sleep schedule. I sleep on average, like three hours a day, but that's what I like. That's what my body is acclimated to. Like if I, if I sleep, if I sleep like five hours, I'm fucking groggy as shit. Like that's way too much. And like three to four is, is ideal for me. Like, you know, you have to, it's, it's, you know, it's the routine thing. It's the discipline thing. Like get, change your mindset and and make it work. It's not. Yeah. I, I don't. And I'm sure she's probably medicated out the fucking gourd. Like she's probably on all yeah. kinds of antidepressants and other stuff. Yeah. But she's clearly never been through any sort of um, difficult situation
2: because right. that's not. I mean, this is. <laughs> this imagine uh, like somebody from like the 1920s hearing these complaints. Like, oh well, I had to like be at work by 7:30, and then I didn't get home till six. And I worked in like an air conditioned office and it's like, uh, yeah, like I was in a fucking coal mine. <laughs> like I've got black, I've got the black lung pop, <laughs> you know, it's like, Jesus Christ, man, these kids today, these fucking kids, I know I'm pops profita going off again, but I mean, this is just like a normal routine and believe me, I, I did it. Like I said, I did it for 15 years and I, I hated every second of it. Um, and it took me a long time to change my situation, but that was on me. I knew that was on me. I wasn't like, oh well, this this whole like the whole economy needs to change. <laughs> like we need to revolve around my schedule so that I
1: can have fucking guys to date. And yeah, you uh, wanna play the to second you wanna play dinner. the second video? Cause that's where she says that the whole thing needs to change. Okay, uh, yeah. It does it's not her it's not her mindset and her uh, the way she approaches it the needs to change. It's the, the system needs to change. Uh, she, she does actually make some points in this that aren't terrible, but by and large, it's not. I mean, it's not.
0: Hey, Business Insider. Here's my comment to your article about me. I'm not talking about my job in general. My job, I'm one of the lucky postgrads that got a job in my field, which is marketing, after college. I know so many postgrads that have been searching for upwards of a year, and they still can't find a job in their field, and they have hundreds of thousands of dollars in student debt okay let's get that out of the way it took me five months to get my job it took me five months of sending out hundreds of applications every single day probably i probably have ten thousand applications out there and i heard back from one employer and that's the employer i i work for now i had to move for that job i had to move to new jersey because i can't afford to live in new york the job was set in new york and i immediately had to move or else i knew that i wasn't going to get my foot in the door if i waited any longer My commute is two hours there and two hours back. I said 6.15 earliest and I sometimes get back at 7.30. It really just depends on the train that day. So me, I'm just one worker. I shouldn't represent everybody because I don't even have half the struggles that most people do. Most people have kids and animals. Imagine me leaving a dog or a kid at home from 7.30 in the morning to 7.30 at night. That's animal and child abuse, but I have to work. So there's nothing I could do about it. My job in general, I am so extremely thankful that my employer actually decided to reach back out to me because a lot of them don't because they don't want to train a college graduate. And that's the problem. Postgrads are having so much fucking difficulty finding a nine to five. And then when we do get thrown into a nine to five, we don't know how to handle it because one, college doesn't set up set us up for that type of schedule. It's not a normal schedule that a human should be on anyway. So your body isn't used to that. I, We were all in during COVID. We all had to go remote. So my high school was remote and part of my college was remote. Obviously, I'm not used to working a nine to five schedule because I'm not used to being anywhere from nine to five during the day. I can't even imagine the working parents out there and like it, it, I give so much grace to them because it's incredibly hard in America to be emotionally and mentally stable when your days are structured like that. So pretty much what I'm saying is that yes, America needs to reform the nine to five schedule because it's not fair that the only people that are benefiting are the people that either run the corporations and can make their own schedules. So they just pile on the work to people that are less fortunate or people that are just extremely rich or influencers that don't have to work a regular schedule. So that's my comment. If you would have given me a little bit more time, I would have thought about my answer and then I would have responded. So I'd appreciate if you put this in your article and stop trying to find where I work. <laughs>
1: okay. So it's we're back to
2: Marxism. When did, when did they start referring to themselves as post-grads? What is that? Oh, we're I post-grads and we're struggling. Yeah. So I, I do feel for these, like you were sold a bullshit lie. And that's part of the thing is like, oh yeah, you go to college and then you get this job and you just work that job and you'll be fine. Like that doesn't work anymore.
1: Well, it might've worked two generations ago. Not that's anymore. something that you've seen from some of these kids is they they're having trouble getting jobs in their field because they don't have any experience, and they're like, the, the, the degree was the experience. It's like, no, if you if you thought the degree was the experience, you somebody lied to you, you're a fucking idiot. Like, yeah. the the but experience a is, lot of your money. You have yeah. you have to be able to sell yourself in your interview that you are somebody who can actually learn and be useful. See, that I think that's the problem. It's like when you go in for your interview. You are supposed to be a lump of fresh clay for them to mold into what they want. And all of these moron kids who are coming out of college now, they think I got my degree. I arrived. I did everything I was supposed to do. Now it's time to fucking pay me. And you're the company that you're gonna go work for, they're not interested in that. You know dick. You don't even know what you don't know. Like
2: he, and <laughs> even when I was younger though, it was always like, Well, what else were you doing? Where are your, extra, we call them extracurriculars. You know what I mean? Like you had to, I had to I, like, yes, I went to school, but I was also working this job the entire fucking time. I, I worked since I was 15. So like, I always had like reference it. Like they, they could call my fucking boss and be like, Hey, how was he as an employee? And my boss is like, dude, do not, do not let him get away. Like, it doesn't matter really what the job was. Like, yeah, you have all of the on paper qualifications, but like, is he a fucking worker? Is he competent? Can I depend on him?
1: Well, and I found things, I found things in the field that I was looking to go into. And so, you know, work in that industry. That way I've got, I have some, you know, it's not going to be exact, you know, uh, apples to apples comparison of what I'm going to do once I get my degree. But I have experience. I actually, I actually know the industry and I know what I'm doing when I show up, I'm not like coming in completely fresh with the only, the only actual knowledge I have is, you know, whatever I got sitting in a fucking classroom, which is completely useless. Dude. I, I can't think of a more useless way of, by the way, studying marketing
2: than going to college for it. Like how many people out there like will teach you marketing, like on the internet for like a a couple hundred bucks. You could learn from a marketer who's like made millions of dollars in that field. And you could do it online. You don't have to fucking go to college. Like this whole fucking system. And I do, I feel bad for these kids because they've been propagandized their entire fucking lives to believe this. But at the same time, they've had this internet thing at their fingertips the entire time as well. And there are people out there trying to counter this bullshit propaganda message that they've been bombarded with telling them how long have I been telling fucking kids that college is a scam online at least the last five years been screaming at every, every fucking opportunity I get. Don't do this.
0: And somehow she went to high
2: school and college in three years uh, during COVID (laughs) weird, right? Yeah. Yeah, But it's just like, I, I do feel bad for them, but Man, you've had all you've had all of the things at your fingertips to realize that yeah, that this whole fucking uh, formula they've been giving you for life is not the way to go, and you did it anyway. And you've se- you've seen for years, even when by the time I graduated, I was like, dude, this is a fucking racket. Why did I do
1: this? And I regretted it. Um, I, did, I did interviews and stuff uh, after I got out within within a few years I was doing some interviews and, and talking to kids coming out of college who were, you know, not that much younger than me within, you know, within five years. And, and it was like, there was this, this massive shift at which I think it's a, it's a generational shift. Like you can look at, uh, you know, have you seen the, the stuff about like the Xennials and stuff like the, the 19, the like 79 to like 84, 85, like this um, kind of in between, between Gen X and Gen and and millennial like division that they kind of take a bit from both like like there's a legitimate breaking point from that from that point like around 1985 86 forward where the mentality changes and when you started like when when I doing interviews and talking to these kids coming out of college started seeing these kids coming out like the their mindset was so much different than what mine was and that's just you know just within just within a five-year period it's it's crazy and and like uh and like you were saying where are your extracurriculars like you're taking what 18 hours a week in in college so what are you doing with the rest of your time yeah beer bongs and bong rips man
2: i i, I mean i had so much fucking free time in college it was ridiculous I mean, granted, I, I did go to a, a really good high school. So, a, a lot like the first two years of fucking college, which is that's how you know it's a fucking racket when they're teaching you fucking, they're giving you high school classes over again for two years that were easier than the classes I took in high school. Uh, so, it's like, but yeah, like after class, I was in the fucking paint store. Saturday mornings, paint store. Sunday fucking mornings, paint store. And I believe me, I was on two hours of sleep. I was hungover. I was probably still drunk. There were some rough mornings in there. I, so I, I had time to party. I had time to work. And I had time to fucking go to class and do all the fucking work. Yeah. And I'm not even like that. Like, I'm not saying I'm like that fucking great. It was not hard for me. I, I
1: barely had to try.
2: And somehow kids? I managed.
1: These kids' parents just like steamroll any opportunity for for uh, possible failure, and and they set them up where that they don't ever have to do anything, so that all they all they have to do is focus on just succeeding. And if they don't succeed, then they'll do whatever else they need to do to make well, sure then that it's they. It's somebody else's fault. Yeah, it's the system. It's
2: racism institutionalized this. It's institutionalized that. Or. Uh, That, you know, we're not used to this schedule, so the whole thing needs to change. It's like, no, no. If you don't like it, don't rearrange your life the way you want it and figure out how to do that and then go do it. Don't just fucking sit there crying on fucking camera about it. Make the fucking change. Do it. If you're unhappy with your situation, do something to change it. Don't just fucking cry about it. Uh, if, if you're not where you want to be in life, it's your fault. It's not the schedule. It's not this. It's not somebody else's fucking problem. It's you did it. It's your fault. Take responsibility and then make the necessary adjustments. I'd really like to know what her degree is in, like that she put she said out marketing. Uh, Was that what? It, like, yeah. Which, again, like why go to college for marketing? Like, if I just Googled usually. right now uh, online marketing classes, it, like how many fucking people would pop up? that have been doing marketing on the internet, making uh, millions, maybe hundreds of millions of dollars. They'll teach you how to write ad copy. They'll do this. And you join their, you buy their course for like 300 bucks, or maybe it's like a monthly thing, a subscription, 50 bucks a month, something like that. But she's taking a marketing class from somebody that's never marketed shit. It's been living in a fucking university, their entire goddamn lives. They went from college to going to college to teaching at the college. What did they marketed? Why are you teaching kids how to market instead of marketing your own thing and making a ton of money? Oh, because they can't. They don't know how to do it. They, they, they probably taught her marketing back from like 1990. How old were her fucking professors? You know, this is ridiculous. And she's paying thousands of dollars for each of these classes. Oh, borrowing uh, thousands of dollars to pay for these things. It's, uh, it's such a bad system. I, I can't imagine a worse fucking way of educating people than the college system that
1: they have come up with, it's well, like, terrible what? on every level. What What are you doing getting getting into such an oversaturated field that you send out ten thousand applications and you get literally That's one and you well, literally get one
2: College, Justin. So now everybody has these degrees. They're worthless. When everybody has it, nobody has it. So what else do you have for me? And she did clearly. She didn't have anything else. like she had one. She had one thing more than the other ten thousand people. <laughs> They're like, all right, we'll go with this girl. You know what I mean? It's just like you have to find ways to separate yourself from the herd. If everybody's got the degree, the degree is worthless. And believe well, me, I don't even know. She doesn't say what school she went to, but I'm guessing it was. If it's not an Ivy League school, I'm telling you, you can just make this shit up. Just say you went to college. You know, what's the worst they can do? Reject your application? She got 10,000 rejections before that, and she actually has the degree. So just say you got a marketing degree from blah, 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 university, Arizona State, something that's believable. Who cares? It, nothing. She, she even said, like, they didn't teach her anything, well, I guess, uh, to prepare her for the type of schedule. But I guarantee you, she didn't learn that many things that are applicable to the job either. Like, they're going to train you on the job.
0: you know what employers also
2: love? Sorry, I'll let you talk in a second. But they also love when you're like, hey, you know, I'd really like to get some extra training. Do you think yeah, I can do this course or that course? And they'll pay for it. Your employer will pay for it. And they'll fucking jizz in their pants a little bit because you seem
1: like a go-getter. <laughs> Did, did did anybody ever ask to like see her transcript or anything like that like i uh, i uh my first job i so there was a uh there was an error in in counting some of my credits and so after i graduated i got a letter that said i didn't actually graduate and i mean my employer didn't say anything about it like they never even like I had been I had gotten the job before I graduated. So, you know, it's like contingent on graduation, but they didn't actually like I just showed up to work. Nobody was like, all right, you got your like, do you have your degree? Did you actually graduate? Like, nobody gave a shit. I've never I, had to show my degree to anybody. And
2: I don't know how much due diligence they have. I know for a fact that they called the people I like the paint stores I worked at and shit to see to to ask them about me. I'm pretty sure. Um, for sure the other paint stores did. So like they, they will check your references if you give them, I don't think they're pulling your transcripts really, uh, this day and age, like everybody has a college degree. So it's like pretty believable. Only one time in, in my career did I actually look into whether or not somebody had the degree that they claimed because they couldn't add five plus three without a calculator. And yes, they had a finance degree from DePaul. So there you go. That was like uh, probably 10 years ago now. 10 years ago, I realized just how bad the problem was. Because the, the reason I didn't have a finance degree from DePaul was because I thought I sucked at math. So I studied history. Little did I know that you could graduate from DePaul University in Chicago with a finance degree and not know how to add five plus three. That was 10 years ago. The problem's only gotten exponentially worse. It's unbelievable, man. Stop listening to these people. It's a terrible formula. And you will. most of you will be miserable working your nine to five for somebody else, making a fraction of what you could if you applied yourself and did it on your own or created the, the schedule that you'd like to work for, the life that you want to live. And it's scary. I'll admit, it's fucking scary when you first do it because the entire herd's going that way. And you're like, ah, I think I want to go over here. What's over there? I don't know, but I think it, I don't want to go with all you guys. So it's like, all right, good luck over there. Man, So I, I am sympathetic to her uh, on some level and she's identified a lot of the problems. But like, <laughs> like so many fucking people, the, the prescription to solve the problems is just way, way, way off.
1: Yeah. Yeah. She's uh, raging against the bourgeoisie and she should yeah. be the only people, her Like
2: Only the, the million, like the people that are rich and the people that run the corporations. Like, all right, well, you better get after it then. <laughs> right. Start I mean, start running a corporation. <laughs> like, do you know what I mean? It's just like, stop trying to fight this and change the entire fucking system. Like, this is the, the game board that you're playing on. You know, this is the board. All right. Like, so this is the game. You're not going to change the game. This is the way it's been played. So how do I fucking dominate this game? What do I do?
1: Right. The, these, these kids these days, their problem is when they realize that uh, they don't understand how to play the game, they just want to change the rules. And,
2: yeah. and- they haven't been prepared for it. They haven't been prepared to play the game. They've been coddled their whole fucking lives. And they said, oh, like, don't don't worry. It's not going to be competitive or something like that. They're like, no, no, it is going to be very competitive. So, uh, yeah, these employers are going to get 10,000 applications. How are you? How is your fucking application going to make it to the top of the pile?
1: Right. How Because you, you did everything else yourself. that everybody
2: else did? I, I, no. And Look around at what 95% of people are doing and do the
1: opposite. Well, and what they don't, what they don't understand is your GPA doesn't fucking matter. You could graduate with a 4.0. Nobody gives a goddamn. Like I, I graduated with a 2.5. Uh, I had in all of the interviews I did, I had one interviewer who asked me about it. He said, he said, "How do you only have a 2.5?" I said, "You're clearly pretty sharp." I said, "Well, in the classes that I think are going to apply to what I want to do for a career, I apply myself and I do really good. And in anything that's a bullshit class that I." that doesn't directly apply to what I want to do for a career. I do just enough to make a D and he said, I can respect that. And he offered me a job.
2: (laughs) Yeah. Focus on things that move the needle, right? Another great life lesson, you know, (laughs) it's like, is this, is this a productive use of my time? Will this bring in money? Will this get me to where I want to, uh, where I want to be? If the answer is yes, then focus a lot of energy on that. If the answer is no, don't do it at all pay somebody else to do it do the bare minimum to get through it if it's a class or something like a requirement
1: oh man of course trying to browbeat that out of my son who i'm <laughs> hoping will do well in high school like no just because it doesn't inter- interest you doesn't mean you can just like coast by and make a d uh, like, you need <laughs> to apply yourself no,
2: yeah <laughs> you have to get to a certain level of um achievement before you get to decide what's relevant and what's important and not like you, you don't you just get the fucking coaster like, Oh, this is no, you have to earn that fucking right by accomplishing something first.
0: <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> oh God. Oh man. What else we got? We got,
1: some. Oh, I say, what you want to kind of start winding down on? We got a couple that were kind of funny. Oh, speaking of this, uh, the new generations and, and how unprepared they are for life in general. Uh, the the same can be said of of the military. Oh yeah! Wait, just before we get to that,
2: real quick, because I had this other article pulled up and I didn't send it to you. Oregon schools eliminating proficiency requirements in math and English for students because of racism. I'm sure. Yeah. You yeah. Know, that, that goddamn math is so fucking racist. It's because only the Asians can do it.
1: <laughs> it's because black students have had uh, historically poor scores in math and in the math and sciences. And so they're just removing the, 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 uh, the requirements for those because it's, it's racist to, to have those requirements when the black students are doing so much, so much. uh, It's too
2: hard. So yeah. Why bother? Like, we'll just make it easier for them. Like that's actually going to make life easier. No, you're not preparing these people for life, for a life of struggle. You're, you're, You're sending them out for a life of struggle without the necessary tools to overcome it.
1: But yeah, I'll just, okay. Yeah, they can't pass it. So let's just get rid of the the requirements to pass it. Uh, It's it's a common theme in education. We've seen it a lot, especially in New York, Atlanta, Chicago. Yeah, the inner city schools, they're removing all of these, uh, they're removing all of their standards. They're removing all of their, uh, requirements and and they're just letting or the or the uh, yeah sorry I'm just sifting through I haven't even read this article I
2: just pulled it up but yeah they're getting rid of like some public schools are getting rid of the gifted and talented programs in the name of equity
1: yeah because Jesus. they don't want because they don't want certain students feeling like they're uh, less than the other students who are in the the gifted programs it's like okay so we're gonna take the we're going to take the kids who actually are, are good at this and we're going to punish them in favor of not making the dumb asses feel bad. Like they should feel bad. That's the, that's kind of the point, right? Is you see that these other kids who do well and are smart and, and like apply themselves and succeed, get to do these other things. So you're like, Oh, maybe I should like put forth some effort and try to not be a dumbass. Uh, yeah. And, Dude, like I was saying, I, w- I went to a very good high school.
2: Uh, there were a lot of kids that graduated with higher than a 4.0 because you could be in these gifted programs. Like there are kids with four fucking five GPAs. <laughs> Just like, holy shit. And it shows you, it shows you where you are in the pecking order. It's like, oh, I, I had like a I didn't even have a four point. I had like a three point eight seven five or something. And it's like, holy shit, dude, I'm not even close to these kids. I better fucking, I better get my shit together. I better fucking bust my ass and do something, like figure something out because they're getting 4.6s. They're taking all AP classes and I'm getting a C in math. <laughs> like, but my solution to that was not like, oh, we need to get rid of the grades because other people are doing well. It's like, no, all right, math is not my thing. Maybe I focus on something else. And what do I end up doing for a living uh, <laughs> trading and investing primarily? Lots of math. Anyway. <laughs> yes. Uh, what, what? Tell me about the standards in the military that somehow we're going to fight World War III.
1: Yeah. <clears throat> World War III is not going to go our way. Unfit to fight, 68% of U.S. service members are obese or overweight. Rapid and sustained recurrence of obesity across all service ranks and positions now pose a dire threat, especially for at-risk populations and those in critical combat roles. <laughs>
2: Dude, I'm just picturing a bunch of fat fucks trying to go through basic
1: training. Well, they removed—they've removed a lot of the uh, like PT standards and stuff like that. Used to be like a big deal. Like you had to run your mile in X amount of time. You had to run two miles in X amount of time. You had to do so many sit-ups, push-ups, stuff like that. A lot of those standards have either been loosened or completely removed. Like you just yeah, have to give I, it I your understand. best. You just got to give it your best effort, and as long as you, as long as they think that you tried, you know, like, then you, it's good enough. Oh, Jesus Christ,
2: man! You think if there was one place that would fucking maintain their standards, it's the one where it's like you're gonna get blown up if you're not in shape. Oh, don't worry about it. We got plenty of money to fight these wars. We just don't have any fucking soldiers. <laughs>
0: it's
2: like, Jesus Christ, dude. Yeah, like how could you be how could you be in the military and not be in shape? I don't understand how that like don't they control what you eat? And they control what you do all day. So you should be like working out, exercising, running a bunch of fucking miles, like running up hills and shit, and then eating three
1: well-rounded meals a day. You would think that with all of that, you would be, but no. They've uh, it's it's. So we actually on my show, eight percent to 68
2: percent.
1: On my show, we did a conversation about uh, men in the military and and the loss of masculinity in the military and like the the way that that the military has lost the things that made it toxic mask, toxically masculine for lack of a better way of putting it. Like the things that actually made military service hard and worth it. And like that drove people to, to do that sort of thing um, that, that made us the strongest military power in the world where like the, the best of the best were in the military, like you knew that if you saw somebody in uniform, that they were in shape and like they were a legit motherfucker. That's all been taken away. There's it's all, it's all this. It's the same woke nonsense that has permeated all the rest of culture. Like it's, Uh,
2: that's a staggering number. I mean, I know a lot of people out there are not very good at percentages and fractions and things like that. 68% will round up. That's seven out of 10 people in the military are too fucking fat to fight too fat. So that means that me when I'm there, I'm using them as a the fucking shield. I'm just hiding behind all these fat people. They're my cover. Cuz I'm one of the 3 out of 10 that are that are in shape, in fighting shape. <laughs> Jesus Christ,
1: man. It looks I, like I at least at least the Marines are still maintaining their standards. There only uh 8.9% of Marines are overweight. But the army Air it's Force, still too fucking Navy. high it should yeah. be
2: zero percent
1: like i don't understand how you're overweight and you're right. a marine. if you're how overweight possible right if you're overweight then how are you passing your pt and if you're if you're passing or if you're not passing your pt then you should be discharged I, I, yeah i will say like unless you're like
2: one of these like fucking offensive linemen or something that you see in the nfl they weigh 325 pounds but they could still run circles around the average, but like they're still super athletic and they're not like uh I don't know, just like worthless sacks of shit. <laughs> like I don't know how to put it in a nice way. But it's like, okay, I get some people are just like naturally enormous, but I'm 8.9% or like that's still way too much. That's way too much. And if I was another Marine, I'm like, dude, I'm not fucking risking my neck with you next to me like get your shit together why aren't they fucking where's the code red when you need it
1: well and that's one of the reasons that you've seen uh military enrollment going down so much over the years and and you've also seen a lot of people that have that are in military service that have left military service early or or don't renew is because they look around them and they see the people who are there and they're like I don't trust that motherfucker to have my back. like, if, you know, if shit hits the fan, I I can't rely on them. So they are putting a a
2: whole new uh, meaning to the, the term cover me (laughs) be great for some shade, especially when you're out in the fucking middle East, there's no trees. Just sit behind one of these fucking obese dudes. Block out the sun. God damn it, man. What is the the world? I just love looking at like, The empire is failing by any measure that you can point to by any single metric that there is for a society. America is failing any like point to something point to one, one bright spot in America. One, one metric that'd be like, okay, this means we're not failing or this is an indication that we're not failing. Our military is too fat. Our kids are too dumb. The national debt, do, it, do we have
1: anything on the national debt? I think I sent you some things on that. Before get into uh, extra I, don't, silly shit. I don't think we got any national debt stuff today. We do have uh, I might not have. It,
2: so just, I know I talk about this a lot. We talk about, we don't have to really get into it today. What was it,
1: six or 800 billion that's been added to the national debt?
2: in a month. 600 billion in a month. When I saw that, I didn't. I honestly didn't believe it. I was like, that's way too high. Come on. 600, like they, they either like, um, they typed a six when they meant like a, what a four or something, or they added an extra zero 600 billion in a month. And then I looked at it and it was like, yeah, it's basically from like the middle of September until mid to late October, it went up 600 billion. That's crazy. That's staggering. <laughs> and then you see, it's like, oh, yeah, G- uh, we had great GDP came out. 4.9%. They're bragging about that now. And it's like, yeah, how, well, how do they, they A big part of it's like government spending. Spending on the, yeah, people are spending a lot of money. But what are they getting for that money? And then, yeah, when you when you spend a bunch of fucking money you don't have and you underreport inflation, you get a meaningless GDP number. Yeah, I did
1: see that. That was, really the, that was the those alone is like, oh look, biodynamics. It's like, oh my gosh, yeah. like yeah, this is bi-nomics. Uh Fudge the numbers, cherry pick your data, and then use all of that to make sure that everybody knows that everything is hunky dory. When all you have to do is go to the fucking grocery store to know it's fucking not. Right.
2: Yeah, and then if you're lucky enough to get, uh, if you're lucky enough to be a post grad that gets a job after ten thousand applications. <laughs> You still can't afford the other thing. She's like, I can't afford to live in the city. It's like, dude, I had a fucking roommate when I forgot my first job. Where's her roommate? It sounded like she was living alone.
1: Yeah. And you can, in the second video, you kind of see, uh, some of her background. It looks like a fairly spacious apartment that she's in. Like, maybe you should consider, uh, I don't know, a a lifestyle downgrade shit. I, I had a, uh, I had a one room studio apartment for several Uh, months. No uh,
2: bedroom apartment.
1: No yeah, bedroom
2: apartment. I hate that term studio, it makes it sound nice. It, I, I lived in a, a no bedroom apartment with zero bedrooms,
1: <laughs> it's just the one room. It's
2: uh, I lived yeah. in a room, <laughs> yes. like you know, it's like if, if you rented a room for some from somebody, you'd be like, Yeah, I rented a room like above this guy's garage or whatever for 300 bucks a month. It's like, Oh, here's your studio apartment. It's like, No, there's a room with but a like, window.
1: <clears throat> These kids think they have to have this like big ass apartment with two bedroom and you know all this stuff. It's like yeah. why? Like
2: well, that that's all that's all great if you're willing to fucking work for it. There's just so much – the sense of entitlement is ridiculous among these kids. It's just like, yeah, well, I I graduated college, so now I've accomplished so much. Give me my apartment and my fucking great job with $150,000 a year. Uh, I'm sorry. Wait. You accomplished the exact same thing that 95% of people accomplished and did nothing to separate yourself from the herd, and now you want this fancy apartment and shit in New York City? In New York City? like dude you better get four fucking roommates for your no bedroom apartment in New York City It's crazy man It's crazy but yeah it's if you want that sort of lifestyle you better fucking bust your ass like I, I, this, this fucking parenting thing where it's just like oh yeah it's like you gave your best effort you you did your best it's okay if you didn't win you still get a little ribbon it's like yeah it's like pink or purple or something because the, the winners get the blue ribbon. Yours is some off pastel color. If you got a, a fucking trophy room filled with uh, pastel colored ribbons, you're not going very far in life. You're not getting the two bedroom apartment in New York city. <laughs> you be, like, I don't know what to tell you. Like you're not a fucking winner. You're not, you haven't been winning. So uh, you need to do something to change that. Because you're not just going to start getting all of these great things bestowed upon you for existing. It's not the way the world works. It's never fucking worked that way. I don't make the rules. I didn't come up with the the fucking chessboard of life. But that's the board that you're on. And no, you don't get to go play fucking
1: Candyland because you want to. God damn, man. Well, speaking of being willing to put in the work, I have to get ready to go do that myself.
2: Oh, shit. Yeah, we're way over time, huh? <laughs> way over time well that's so what fun. happens
1: when we get off on soapboxes.
2: yeah i know i feel like i had a lot more stuff that i sent you to to talk about i guess we'll save it for tuesday <laughs> yep all right and maybe i'll maybe i'll put out an extended rant for the uh subs uh sub subscribers and uh i don't know if you got anything else going on you need to plug before we get out of here
1: Nah, i gave my plug mid show
2: cool well, yeah, I'll, uh, we'll see. I might just go enjoy my Friday because I got all my work done early this morning. I was up at 6 a.m. <laughs> so I went to bed at 2. Well, I was up at 6. Uh, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> when do you find the time to do all this stuff, Justin? <laughs> and Justin has like 50 kids, too. Think he doesn't tell you. He's got the Brady Bunch family going on over there without Alice.
1: Right. I'm Alice. <laughs> <laughs>
2: all right well uh thank you all so very much for listening make sure you uh share this show with somebody because there's a lot of people out there that i think needs to hear this especially this- yeah <laughs> i think there's, there's a lot of fucking great advice that came out of this episode and there's plenty more where that came from so uh share the show follow us on twitter our handles are right there at pedal fiction at jcamp1521 and until then, uh, until next time, we will be back on Tuesday, right? Regular schedule Tuesday with a brand new episode for you. Are we doing a happy hour tonight? I can set it up. Set it up. All right. Set it up. The work never stops here at pedaling Fiction. It's how you fucking get things done, ladies and gentlemen. Take notes. I don't just cry into a fucking TikTok video or whatever. <laughs> All right so until then you guys know what to do just keep on pedaling that so-called fiction peace